Duartistic one, Anthony Duart himself. How's it going? Tyler Hadley. Hey, He's everybody. Got no nickname this week. Just Tyler Hadley. What I am. Good old Tyler Hadley. I am the samurai. Tyler Hadley. Hi. He is the samurai. We've got a whole lot of Ghost of Tsushima talk coming up ahead and just moving forward with the show in general. We want to have one specific topic that we're really zeroing in on each week. Doesn't necessarily have to be a game, but we're going to do a little bit more prep time ahead of the fact of recording uh, so we can really get into the nitty gritty about things that people are passionate about in the group. And uh, we're also going to have a little bit more of a rotation as far as people on the show. This week, Kenny is getting a well-deserved week off, and we hope to see him next week, likely keep it on a rotational rotational type of biz. Uh, but, but before we jump into the usual game talk, um, as well as the usual banter, I want to remind everybody that the show goes live on twitch.tv slash level with you every Tuesday at around 5.36-ish. You can find the video later on YouTube and the audio version on many different podcast services. If you'd like to join our Discord, please do so. Uh, a lot of activity going on there, but we'd like to hear more from the listeners. All right. So, guys, how you doing? We're in the heat of summer now. It's like July 20-something. It's I'm hot outside. Turning oh, 30 yeah. in one week. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, what were they saying, Sunday was the hottest day of the year. Yeah. It was think, wild. Yeah. It was pretty warm out on Sunday. I'm glad I Did slept. Did not leave there. the house. Yep. Stayed in my room. Yeah, it's been like in the low to mid 90s a couple days this week with some humidity so yeah i've definitely been trying to stay in when it gets that hot out it's no fun mm-hmm. lots, anthony lots needs bread. to have a pool party at his dad's like house whenever you guys want to come over uh, i want to come over go. every weekend all right pool party. Yeah. And alex's not home why, why not <laughs> no i'm joking <laughs> be good. yeah we gotta we gotta go i haven't actually I haven't i think i swam in it once so far since i've moved but dang if i if i had a parent with an in-ground pool i feel like i'd be having my friends over all, there all the time that's true i'm just not I'm just lazy <laughs> i don't want to move <laughs> but yeah we should, we should do that. oh yeah that's why you can't pack on the pounds being active i gotta bulk up for the winter mm-hmm. See, this is thinking ahead Speaking of bulking up, I happen to come across a free grill, so I'm excited about that. Nice. I, uh, speaking of bulking, speaking of bulking up, did you get your bands yet? Dude, you won't believe it. I just got an email the other day. It said your bands are on the way, arriving July 30th. Oh my <laughs> gosh! <laughs> did you order them like a month ago? I ordered them on July 7th. Um, okay. So wow. It's a total of 23 days if they actually get here on July 3rd. So yeah, it's been frustrating haven't been able to get swole again still got the covid quarantine pounds put on uh but i did get my bike fixed i got a flat nice. tire and i'm back out on that which always feels good um it's nice what about, what about you tyler you've been doing any uh biking or kayaking the past couple weeks uh i went kayaking a couple weeks ago um i haven't been biking I've been doing my insanity workouts every every day uh, for the past month. Pretty sure I've lost. So when I came back from Texas, I weighed myself and I was like just over two hundred pounds. It was like two hundred point five, and that's like the heaviest I've been. <laughs> the, heavi- the heaviest I've been in a while. So I was like, "Ooh, yeah. I got I to gotta, like really do something." <laughs> and yeah, I didn't know that because you're what are you five ten five nine five? I'm like 5'10". Five, 11. Okay, gotcha. So yeah, started so doing insanity. Yeah, I lost like twelve pounds so far. Pretty good, pretty nice. good. I can see it in your face. You're not you're less not chub. And pudgy like me. <laughs> that's why you grow the beer out, Wiley, because that way it covers all the chub or most of the chub. It pushes no, the chub up. Grow beard. All I can grow is a prickly old mustache. I'll let you know next time I shave. I can bring it over. We'll glue it. Mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Won't look bad at all. I promise. In fact, I we were just talking pre-show about things that I get in my Facebook feed, and for a while they were trying to get me with the beard beard oil, um, like that would help me grow beard. Oh, oh good yeah, yeah. sneak oil, yeah. Yeah, but I guess I didn't click it enough times. I haven't seen it in a while. Now it's all there about these uh, samurai or Japanese street style pants, uh, which are a little pricey. My wife doesn't think I can pull them off. <laughs> 
I want to see a picture still. I'm, I'm interested. It sounds sick. I'll, I'll link it in the Discord for sure. Um, so yeah, anybody want to mention anything else going on in their lives before we take a deep dive into the island of 13th century Tsushima? Uh, the AC broke at work today. That was fun. Just being all sweaty in my desk. So what do you or, guys have? Like a window unit? It's like a, or is it central? It's like a kind of like a central air thing. So I know that the guys that were working on it or the repair guys from the other building were over here and we were on the third floor and the unit's like on the roof. Mm-hmm. And apparently it's like 40 something years old. They haven't changed it out yet. <laughs> so they've just been trying to like puff it in life every year because it, it, it happens like once it gets like hits that one hot day in the summer every year it fails and it just like poops out and doesn't like work at all because it's working great before but every year it does that and uh yeah i uh, guess i gotta get a fan what a little baloney yeah it's bullshit not a fan every year it seems like uh my wife works in cheese as i've mentioned on the show she's a cheesemonger she's the cheese buyer cheese genius um she's prodigy she's prodigy the the fridge breaks at her work every year which is very stressful because there's thousands of dollars of product with it within the fridge and you know you gotta rush it over into the freezer and that's like one of those big ass fridges too right the industrial ones oh it's it's big like it's uh imagine the type of fridge in a grocery store in like the seafood department type thing holy shit real big display and everything that costs like twenty thousand dollars um so, yeah, that's nothing that I have to deal with anymore now that I just make phone calls for a living. There you go. Which is pretty good, pretty good. Um, so, yeah, Ghost of Tsushima, the latest PS4 exclusive, may actually be the final PS4 exclusive. We are down to the mm. wire. I've been hearing. Run. And that's kind of wild, man. I was thinking of, like, compiling a list and doing a ranking of, like, first-party PlayStation exclusives, and it's been quite... Quite a lineup. I mean, the first one that yeah. comes to mind is uh, it's the Sucker Punch title, uh, Infamous Second Son. And now, six years later, we get their follow-up with Ghost of Tsushima. And uh, I think that it has been worth the wait. And that's been mine and Tyler's experience so far. we got a lot we want to talk about it. It's the game that's kind of made Tyler love gaming again after he had a couple weeks mm. where nothing was really jiving with him. Um, which we've all gone through gaming ruts in the past. Um, so I have it broken down here into several different areas. Um, but before we kind of get into that, want to just tell me about your overall experience so far, Tyler? Man, I'm loving this game. Like, I think I wrote into Discord about how the feeling when I play this game really takes me back to like the feeling I had when I first played like the first Red Dead Redemption. Because I feel like when Red Dead Redemption came out, there wasn't a whole lot of games like it at the time um and yeah this goes to tsushima now is just kind of bringing back that same feeling and um because it is like fresh and new and like i mean you're a samurai and uh feudal japan and i don't know compare that to like being a cowboy in in the west or whatever and feel like you're in their shoes yeah for sure um and I compare it to like Red Dead Redemption 1 and not Red Dead Redemption 2 just because it was like such a new experience with Red Dead Redemption 1. Mm-hmm. Um, and this really brings out the same thing and like like the way like the horses work and like the movement and everything like felt really fluid and, and all the character development and all the side stories that are happening um, really draw you in. Like I find myself like like blatantly trying to ignore the main quest missions just because I want to explore all the time and, and find out what's mm-hmm. out there. Um, and I want to upgrade Jin as much as possible before I like I go out and do the main quests. Um, mm-hmm. That's where the appeal lies for me. Cool. Yeah, I definitely also have been feeling similar ways to, to the way you have as far as wanting to complete all the side quests because they're so engaging and the the rewards that you're given are, you know, more than just a few XP points on your XP bar. They're actually useful charms, which are the game's form of perks that you can equip on Jin. They're maybe a cool die for your um, your gear, mm-hmm. or you know, any little bit of health that you gain. 
really is uh, going to help you because I don't know about you. I'm playing it on hard and it's pretty challenging. Um, yeah, I've been playing it on normal. Um, and there still are some like challenging parts on normal. Mm -hmm. a, a couple of the, of the duels have been challenging. Um, I know you're not in Act 2 yet, um, but I feel as though the difficulty kind of ramps up quite a bit in Act 2 where they're like yeah. They're like really sending like a lot of people at you at once. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's been a couple times where I felt like, okay, maybe I'm going to put this down to normal. And that was actually especially true really early on before I had a lot of the skills that I've acquired now. Uh, I actually feel like for me, it started off more difficult and now it's pretty balanced overall. But I'm still in Act 1. Uh, you're willing to Act 2. Um, so we'll see how, how things advance with the difficulty. Mm -hmm. I do love the duels and the, for the viewers and listeners, the duels are sort of like boss fights, but they remove a lot of your, they're one-on-one -on -one fights where they, they remove a lot of your, um, abilities that you gained. And it just kind of boils down to straight parrying and dodging and just honorable samurai type combat, which I think is really cool. What do you think about the um, the different stances and everything? Yeah, so the stances are also neat. Reminds me a little bit of uh, Neo, the ninja game from a few years ago, as well as Neo Two, which I haven't gotten around to yet. Um, I think they're pretty neat. I mean, what the way that you change your stance is you hold R two and then you either press one of the four face buttons and you'll switch between. Uh, the stone stance is that what the original one's called? Yeah, I think it's stone is effective against swordsmen. Uh, water is effective against shieldmen. Um, what's what's the next one? Wind. I, don't know. I, I, I think, I I think it's have the first two. So I think it's I think I it's stone, know. water, wind, and moon. Uh, so it kind is, of boils down to like a rock paper scissors kind of system. Pretty much, yeah. That's pretty cool. Because be, behind that. because really like. I mean, especially like as you progress in the game, like you have to be changing stances, or else you're gonna constantly be getting blocked and and parried by the opponent. So if you're fighting a spearman, but you're in the stone stance that is supposed to be fought with against swordsmen, these spearmen are just gonna like block all your attacks, and you're not gonna be able to uh, drain their their stamina uh, and stagger them as easily. Mm -hmm. It'll take a lot longer if you try to and it's likely that you'll just get stabbed a few times in between there. Yeah, so it's like an incentive to not just brute force and like mash your way through. Just kind mm -hmm. of think about put a little more depth into the combat. Yeah, and it, sure. yeah, it really makes you try to like mix up your your inputs too between like heavy attacks and quick attacks. And um, I know there's some abilities that you unlock later on where if you dodge right at the last moment, then you'll get like an extra attack off and bonuses for doing like perfect parries and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. one thing i did you... see that was really cool in the reviews um that i watched was that when you start a battle or when you come up on people you can kind of like slow down i don't know if it has to be triggered at all but you slow down you like draw your weapon and yeah. you wait for them to strike and then if you get it like you get it off before you can take it like three four people in a row yeah the standoffs <laughs> yeah so the standoffs it's a it's an interesting mechanic a lot of times when you're approaching a, a fight where there's several people off you know either on a route from town to town or if you're going into a, a settlement, trying to liberate it. Um, you press up on the D-pad and you initiate a standoff and you hold down the triangle button. And as soon as you see the person start their attack, you let go. And sometimes they'll even do like, actually now pretty much every time they do like a little juke and try to fake you out like, oh, good attack. <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you let go a triangle too soon, you, you screw it up. And for me, it is so essential to win these standoffs that it's it's make or break the fight. Like because not only do you one hit KO guy, but I have a, another upgrade now where another guy charges at me and I, and you get another really one hit easy one hit KO. And then on top of that, you get your um, resolve bar like fully fill, filled up, which is essentially your heal slash use different abilities gauge. So it's like. If you don't win the standoff, a lot of times I end up dying. So oh god! Yeah, super, super. It's easy though. Like I get them like eighty, ninety percent of the time. Right. Yeah, but then I mean, there's definitely been times where I've screwed up and let go too early, 
And in that case, it, it brings your health down to like nothing. And then you immediately have to mash the heal button to make sure you don't get hit again before someone uh, attacks you. Now, how do you heal in this game? Is it like uh, we got Estus flasks, we got blood shards? It's the resolve. So the resolve is just like these little, I don't know, it's they're, they're yellow circles above your health bar that you gain resolve after killing enemies or uh, doing those standoffs and stuff like that, assassinations or, and whatnot. A per or a perfect parry, pretty much just doing cool stuff. Uh, okay. Get your bars up. Um, and you turn turn those yellow spheres into your health bar somehow? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you press down on the D-pad and it'll take one resolve away and give you maximum health. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so... I, can I, you I, increase your maximum as you, like, level up? Yep. Yeah, so you start the game with only three balls of resolve. Three balls. <laughs> three balls of resolve. And, uh, it works so well. That's why they chose it. Now I am up to like seven or eight, maybe. Nice. Um, Tyler probably got way more than that. Seven or eight. Seven or eight. That sounds like a lot. Well, maybe maybe it's six or six. I, I know it's at least six. Um, but I think I, I, I think I might have like eight right now. Gotcha. Um. So yeah, it's visually the game is beautiful. Um, I recently just purchased a TCL six series TV after many recommendations on the Giant Bomb Facebook group, and I have to say, so far they were very right. The thing is awesome for our viewers. I'm gonna pan the camera around. <laughs> Ooh. There it is. In all its glory. Um, so I'm, ah, I'm playing uh, with HDR enabled. It's my first time ever owning a TV capable of HDR. And one thing, it, it, it's, it's just, it makes the sun and the moon and just the lighting effects on the grass so much more striking um, to the fact where you're wanting to call your roommate or your wife in to be like hey come check this out look how, look how bright this is like the sunset isn't it crazy and they're like yeah yeah cool man okay, so cool. Bye. Look good all right i'm gonna go back to doing what i was doing before you called yeah. me in here yeah and yeah. i was thinking i was playing 4k too but i then i'm dumb and i realized i just have a ps4 slim and it doesn't do 4k but it still looks amazing yeah. i don't even know if it like if the game plays at 4k or not <laughs> Because I know on my TV it's not like going into 4K. Really? I think it's just keeping staying at 1920. Interesting. I don't know if it's like a PlayStation setting or I I know my it, it seems like my TV doesn't have HDR or like true HDR, so I like I can't turn HDR on. It seems like. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry about that, <laughs> but I. I think you. I think Sorry, you man. 4K. Maybe you go into your into the settings and and check the output um on the PS4 because that's what I was trying to do. And when I didn't see 4K, I was like, huh? and then Googled it and I was like, oh yeah, I knew that. Um, but yeah, I think it does have 4K after my quick Google search. So um, check it out. You can you can report back next week if you're able to. All right, I'll look into it more. It. It, it definitely has unfortunately slowed down the frame rate for me. Like sometimes the the battles can get a little chuggy, um, but the the visual difference is is totally worth it. Like I'm I'm fine with this not playing as smoothly as Sekiro, um, because it it has such an incredible um, amount of beauty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so let's talk about more of the things that we put out in the outline. So how are you feeling about story, the character of Jin, um, the side quests, just in general? Um, is it connecting with you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's really engaging. Um, it's basically, I mean, you're following Jin, who grew up as an honorable samurai and following the, the samurai's code. Um, but him being basically the the lone survivor after the the Mongols attack, um, which is he, he kinda, that. yeah, he kind of he kind of just starts having this internal struggle about like what like can he actually save his island by following this code of honor? Um, so like he ends up meeting characters who kind of challenge that that code of honor. Um, mm -hmm. 
quickly decides, no, I need to, I need to <laughs> shake things up a little bit and stab people in the back and drop some smoke bombs. But mm-hmm. uh, ninja samurai. But he keeps some of his honorable, um, you know, tendencies with things like the standoffs and, um, you know, he reflects and writes haikus and is thoughtful, sitting naked in the hot springs. What a dreamboat! Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I Hell saw yeah. a funny meme of, I guess, the actor of Jin was playing uh, the game on stream and his reaction to his uh, getting naked and sitting in the hot springs was, like, pretty funny. <laughs> she was like, oh, man, I'm naked. I think he was pretty happy about the enthusiastic about it. They modeled me perfectly. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, Ooh, dang. That's awesome. But yeah, I think Jin is uh, is a pretty solid character so far. I, I'm pretty early on in the story, so I'm looking forward to see where his arc goes. I like learning about his past. The, the game does a similar thing to The Last of Us 2 with, with flashbacks in meaningful ways where you're actually getting some pretty good backstory, uh, like when you're getting trained by your uncle, who's very much rooted the tradition of the samurai and the code into his mind, who's his father figure. Uh, due to his father being killed at a young age. Um, so the side quests, my favorite so far being the one of Lady Masako um, mm-hmm. and her revenge quest over to overtake the people that, or to, to kill the people that murdered her family. Um, that's been really engaging so far. I'm not, I'm only like, I think I completed part five or six out of nine, and now I can't do seven, eight, or nine. So they must be like walled off in chapter two. Yeah, act two. Yeah, yeah, they are. So that's been great. Um, some of the smaller stories are a little so-so, but that's to be expected with an open-world RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've yeah. heard an interesting. Sorry to keep on talking for a while, but the 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 character quests are a little analogous to the. Um, persona um friendship links or whatever uh i heard that on the kind of funny games cast and thought that was interesting i don't know how if you find them analogous at all to the persona friendship i, I don't get that i don't understand that the, the the comparison. so like the people yeah, the you interact links. with, with yeah, so like, people and ghosts it's like you you social link with them so does does talking with them like give you any kind of bonus or like growing your relationship i don't think so them in that way oh okay <laughs> Well, they have like nine steps, and there's like ten stars on the persona links, and uh, I, don't know, just, I guess they're a little bit similar. Whatever, I thought you yeah. like. They're probably similar in idea, but not. Like I disagree. Actual... Being a persona expert, I don't agree. <laughs> all right, all right. I persona fair point. Something to say. But I was gonna yeah. say that I I have enjoyed just like the the random encounters like just like the random people you see in some towns you talk to them and they'll give you kind of like a hint as to like where something might be or where something might be happening mm-hmm. um and then that marks an area on on your map um and you get those from people in towns or sometimes you like rescue somebody from mongols just in like a random path um mm-hmm. so i think that that's been a really uh, cool part of the game as well and going on what you were saying about giving hints the game is fantastic in, in how it uh directs the player without having to follow a mini map uh or just look at a compass the whole time because you're being guided by the wind and with a slight up uh you know you you on your map you select where you want to go uh the area and then you just swipe up on the d-pad and the wind will guide you there so you're not having to keep it's just it's very dynamic it fits in with the theme of the game mm-hmm. it's, it goes along with the visuals of there being floating flower petals and leaves everywhere um so it's not only visually pleasing but it's really practical in terms of uh immersion and then you're also running into these little foxes which there are quite a bit of um that lead you to shrines that you have to follow and then you'll see these yellow birds flying around and then they'll take you to and you don't even know what you're going to get when you start following the birds could be a hot spring could just be a town could be the objective of your quest um so, so yeah. is there like no mini map at all or is it kind of like how skyrim is like with the top bar with no, the little no, there is icons. no mini map there is a regular map there is no mini map it's just all um mm-hmm. in the upper left hand corner if you're like 
like uh, if you're getting close to something, it'll say, you know, 20 kilo- or like 200 kilometers away mm-hmm. um, and then 190 kilometers away. But uh, you're pretty much just using the wind, man. And then mm-hmm. the wind guides you. Yeah, I think it's really cool how they implemented the the trackpad in this game. Swiping up is the wind. Swiping down is um, what is swiping down? Is that a bow? A bow? Left is the flute. Is Left um, is the flute. You can change the weather with the flute. So oh, I didn't. Oh, I didn't know that. So like wind waker. <laughs> oh, you didn't? No. Yeah. Yeah, you just play it. Play it if you, it's raining or if it's cloudy and you want it to be sunny and sunshiny. Again. Oh, dang. <laughs> Uh, have you found any areas where there's like the the bow sign? I don't think so. I, was, I don't. Even, <laughs> I don't think I have bowed yet. But yeah, there's a, there's a couple of like shrines or like areas like near rivers or uh, they're kind of just like scattered across. But if you bow at them, then like something will happen. Hmm. Okay, I'll keep an eye out for those. I won't give anything away. <laughs> Please don't. It, it's really not that big a deal, but just it's just kind of cool. <laughs> Neat. I do think that Sony has definitely been like, hey guys, we got this thing that you can swipe in four directions. Why don't you put it in your game? Because we just recently saw it in The Last of Us Part 2. You play guitar with swiping on it. And now in Ghost of Tsushima. So, uh, next up in Ghost of Tsushima, we will talk about uh, maybe the gameplay a little bit more and how we, how we feel about the lack of a lock-on button. Um, we did already touch on it before, so we're not going to spend too much time on gameplay. Mm-hmm. But that's one thing that I at first thought I was going to hate the fact that I'm such a Souls vet and I'm so used to hitting R3 to lock on to enemies. The fact that a game that relies so much on like precision combat, I thought it would need it. But so far, it's been okay. How are you feeling about it? Uh, yeah, I was a little frustrated by it at first, but it hasn't really been such a big issue. I mean, the only times it's really frustrating is when there's like a ton of enemies surrounding you and it's just like a super close shot. So it's like you you really need to like roll away to actually get a good feel for like what it is you're fighting and like have, have, trying to like plan who you're going to take out first. Um, I I've, I've found that by holding L1 and blocking, it gives me pretty good control on which way I want to go with my next attack. And it does it all with keeping it in its super immersive, no HUD type look, which maybe is why they wanted to keep it that way, just to sort of keep it a little bit less gamified and being concerned with its visual aesthetic so much. Maybe that's why they went without it. But anyway, so far, I think it's been okay. Um, I'm interested to hear from you, Tyler, whether or not you find that you're engaging most uh, combat encounters as more of a samurai or a ninja? Um, I definitely try to do them as a ninja, but I feel like they always fall apart at some point. So And do you do you feel equipped enough to like still keep it going? To keep like the stealth going? I mean or... no, just to, just to sort of like when are you like, oh shit, I messed up, now I'm now I'm screwed, or are you like, okay, now it's time to fight? Bring it on. Uh, I mean, there are some times where I mean, there's there's things that I feel like I'm not utilizing enough. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I have like the wind chime unlocked as a ghost skill, and so those just like are used to lure guards to the direction of wherever you throw the wind chime. And I feel like I'm definitely not using those to the extent that they were designed for. Um, I'm sorry. Which which things that you're throwing? The kanai? No, they're wind chimes. Oh, okay, because the Kanai are super useful. Yeah, the Kanai are super useful. Um, I mean, I have been using, like, the bow and arrows a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm almost, like, al- almost always, like, starting off an encounter or, like, a confrontation by just, like, taking out all the archers that I can see first. Sniping, just camping. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, and yeah, and then I just try and get, like, headshots and some of the other guys until they finally see me. Doesn't the AI start to kind of mess up a little bit if you sneak and then get caught and then people just kind of don't know where to go yeah i've seen that a little bit there's like oh god ooh, you'd be like right there and you're like just killing people and one yeah. of the guards is like oh i can't see him we we have been pretty much completely positive on it so far but the ai is not great um there are definitely instances where there's just somebody wandering around that apparently has gone blind and forgot you were there or 
you're right, there are sometimes instances where there'll be a spear guy just going, like, I don't know what's going <laughs> on the wrong way. Um, have you experienced that, Tyler? Some sort of janky I, AI? I haven't. Maybe I just haven't been paying attention enough, but I, I haven't really experienced many janky situations. Huh. Well, I mean, the only janky I, situations I've found that. is sometimes I've, I'll, I'll like jump into like a crevice or something that you're not supposed to be in, and I'm just like stuttering on top of this thing until it's like I'm like, all right, let me down. Yeah, the game doesn't quite um, have the mobility, uh, and not to its detriment, it, it makes it feel more realistic of like an Assassin's Creed or a Skyrim where you can bound up buildings with no no problem. Uh, so mm -hmm. like, yeah, there, there are some times where I'm like trying to make a jump, and it's just like, nope. Can't do it. <laughs> um, and let's see, any other flaws we want to talk about before we move on? I know this has been a big talk, but that's what we promised you, and that's what we gave you. One, uh, one minor point that's sometimes frustrating is when you need to search areas for like footprints or something like that. I feel like those have been kind of hard to find sometimes. <laughs> I agree, and I'm glad you brought it up because I completely hadn't. I, forgotten um yeah there, there are certainly some witcher inspired missions where you're playing samurai detective and either following footprints or investigating a household and just brilliantly deducting things just by holding r2 mm. and um the footprints definitely they don't have any sort of like scent trail or anything like that you just be like it'll be a bunch of footprints and then 20 feet of grass and then more footprints beyond the grass you're like, yeah okay that was a little bit of a pain in the ass to find so yeah, that's a good 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 gripe. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it would I don't think it would hurt the game if they included like going into stealth mode or whatever whatever it's called in game. Um if they just showed footprints or something like that in that mode. Oh, yeah. I, I don't that's know a why. good idea. Yeah, the game does sort of have a listen mode slash highlight all the enemies mode by pressing the touchpad when you're encounters which i kind of forget to use all the time um but early on you're not being as stealthy as you are later on when you're fully becoming the ghost Ooh. all right so that's going to wrap up our deep dive into ghosts of tsushima we will be back next week to give our maybe I, i'm betting title tyler's final thoughts uh <laughs> seeing, seeing how he likes to burn through games when he's really into them uh, I, I think i'll probably still have some ways to go but who knows uh as far as other games we have been playing myself it's nothing uh but anthony Ooh, i want to know a little bit about this and thank you for being patient and hey no problem interjecting when you can it's all good um, try uh, to stay good <laughs> sorry stretch, i'm so tired <laughs> every 15 seconds. Uh, it's okay uh, just a mess all right, well, why don't you tell us about Shantae, half genie hero? And... That's so good. So oh, it's good. so cute. <laughs> it's uh, it's great. I mean, it was. I think it was definitely something I needed. You know, going back to Tyler's burnout topic of you know, kind of once you play the shit out of a game, or you just super into it for the longest time, and then you kind of like feel yourself burnt out after a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, it was nice to kind of go back and have a refreshing. Like, I think switching genres really was a big uh, plus for me in that like aspect. It, I went from playing pretty much just hardcore RPGs, like straight, 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 all that, to like a cute action adventure platformer. And it was it was definitely much needed. One, the soundtrack's banging. I love that soundtrack. It's super, super good. Um, the art's amazing. I love uh, the style that they went with. I think all the characters are adorable. Shantae's adorable. All the NPCs are great. The dialogue's pretty good. I mean, it's like, you can tell they're kind of trying to be funny, like try hard funny sometimes, but... Other times it just it's a nice like quirky sense of humor kind of like along the lines of Mario RPG in a way, um, uh -huh. but it's neat because you go it's basically almost the format if like Legend of Zelda was an action platformer, so as you progress through the game, um, you're you play as Shantae at first. There are a couple other modes which is really cool too that came out since the game was released. I know it was crowdfunded originally, but yeah. since its initial release, I want to say like two or three years ago. Uh, I got the Switch edition, so it's just been constantly free updated with uh, mode. It's like Hero Mode, Pirates Queen's Quest, uh, Friends, like All for One or whatever. It's like some mode, like Friends I know for you All. just mentioned this before the show, but I don't think I fully processed it. It's going for $215 physical on Switch. No, that's the uh, that's the one before. That's Shantae and the Pirates Curse, because I was interested <laughs> in playing that once I just beat 
the uh, half genie hero because I was like, oh, I'm, I'm curious to see how much this is because I thought it was for Wii U, but I can't find it on Wii U anywhere at all, which is weird. So I just was like, oh, I'm going to search eBay, and there's physical copies of it on the Switch, but that's going for between 150 and 300 bucks, which is stupid. Wow. You can't, you, can okay. you get it digital? I could get it digital, probably, but I mean, <laughs> I wanted to, the whole point of like looking for a physical is like, oh, I want a physical. I'll see if I can find it. Because that was for Wii U, and I was like, well, I might as well you know, bolster that very small Wii U collection I have. Mm-hmm. But it turns out Half Genie Hero also released on the Wii U. So I think that might have just been the one I was thinking of. So is Shantae for the Game Boy Color, the original game in the series? Oh, yeah. The original one that came out, that was like Capcom put it out years ago. It was like one of the last, I think it came out like after the Game Boy Advance was out. It was one of like the last, last titles they published. And now it's it's hit like super rare status, even though it's been, hasn't been physically re-released. It's been digitally re-released on like the 3DS eShop uh, since, I think it was even on the Wii U when that was still up, that Wii, okay. that eShop. But the phys- if you want to go for a physical, like original Shantae in box, that's like, that's Earthbound prices. It's like 400 bucks, close it's, to that, 300, wow. 400. It's gross. I'm sorry, I just Googled it. <laughs> what, what we got? Uh, ten grand. <laughs> ten, ten grand for sale on eBay. That's stupid. Is it like graded in box or is it brand new conditions? That's no crazy. Sellers got a hundred percent positive feedback. He sold for over three thousand things. Like, see, if I could go back in time, I think I think about this way too much. Is like, if I could go back in time, knowing when I know certain games when they came out, I'm like, I'd buy that and just buy that, just, just like, save it. Biff from Back for the Future too, but just like, video games. Just video games. <laughs> and the worst part is, I probably wouldn't even sell them. I'd just be like, yeah, I have that. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, like buy, buy two. That's true. Yeah, I, this is like a great video topic that we could do. Where we could just change our whole thing around and make movies about going back in time and buying rare video games. I'd love. Oh, that's a wet dream come true for me. I love to do that. You ever have those dreams where you uh, like you buy something you really want, or like you just get a whole bunch of one thing that you've wanted for a while? This happens with me because I'm a, a, a child living in an adult's body with like trading cards. Like I'll just stumble upon like a factory, or someone will like I'll be in a store and I'll just get like a bunch of like Magic: The Gathering cards, or like a bunch of old Digimon cards in like the packs. I'll be like, oh sweet, I, I can't believe I got all of these, and then like I'll go somewhere else in the dream and be like, oh that's right, I got these. But then I'll wake up and be like, ah. Oh. And <laughs> dream. Have you heard of um the site Lukey Games? Mm-mm. Okay. Well they got what it on it? sale for seven fifty two forty seven. It's just a bit a vintage game site. Oh wow. Seven thousand dollars? Seven hundred and fifty two. This is used. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Holy yeah. crap. Is it still in box with manual? I couldn't quite decipher that, but man, the super That's- there is some wow. sort of holy grail quality to this type of thing that it would be just so cool to stumble upon, or just like a random tag sale or anything like that. It's yeah, like, if you especially like, go tag sale. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! They're like, oh yeah, I can give you like uh, five a bucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but people who don't know are the ones. It's like the lady who gave me all of her free PlayStation One games when I worked at GameStop because we stopped taking the trade ins. Oh, she just right. came in, with, came in with a huge bag and was just like, "Can I trade these in?" And I was like. Because we're not supposed to, that's a big no-no. <laughs> I was looking around, I was like, uh, no, I, I can take care of them for you if you want, though. She goes, okay. <laughs> wrap of the wrap. Two copies of Metal Gear Solid 1. Metal Gear Solid VR Mission. Uh, King's Quest, which is... King's, not King's Quest, Quest, that's the or From King's Software. Quest. Yeah, the first From Software. I got King's Quest. I think it was either one or two. I just found that the other day. I was like, oh my god, I have King's Quest. Damn, I would love to see you screen that. That'd be f- it. It's, I, I don't think it'd be but... fun, but it'd be an experience. I don't think it'd be it looks like shit. <laughs> it'd be fun for me, and that's what's important. Hell yeah! Well, I'm I'm down. I just got to figure out how to hook up my PS One <laughs> or or your PS Three to to stream it. Yeah, that too. Cool. That'd be fun. Um. So Shante Half Genie Hero. Uh, I know we got a little sidetrack there, but that was a good little sidetrack. Um, twenty bucks out on the Switch now. It's mm-hmm. got extremely positive um, feedback on Steam. And I would like to check it out. Is it where would you recommend starting off for Shantae? Uh, you can kind of go anywhere. I mean, yeah. this is the I bought. I honestly, this is one of my backlogs, which I'm glad I actually went back and got to play because you get. I mean, for the amount, I think I got it for like forty, fifty bucks, and that was the day one edition. It came with like a soundtrack, art book. Um, it was really sweet because the inside the game uh, manual, the Switch case. Remember how games used to have the little manuals tucked in? 
to the side. It had one of those. It had like a, its own manual, and I was like, "Oh my yeah, god!" Like a, a real game manual. Yeah, yeah a real game manual for once. It was cute because it's like a smaller book. So it's like right above the little switch cartridge holder. So oh, sweet. That is cool. I was very happy um, to see that. But you can start anywhere. I mean, uh, if it's cheap and you don't mind digital, Shantae and the Pirates Curse is great. Uh, Risky's Revenge. I think the order of the games is Shantae, the first one for Game Boy Color. Risky's Revenge, which is, I think, only digital. On I got it on the DSiWare back when that was a thing, when the like the Nintendo eShop for the DS was up. Um, mm-hmm. But I think you can get it digital now uh, on most places. Then there's Shantae and the Pirate's Curse, which I think you get on Wii U Switch. Pretty easy to find digital. I think it's on Steam, too. And then Half Genie Hero. And then the newest one that just came out uh, is Shantae and the Seven Sirens, which is, like the I think, the fifth one. And yeah, oh, you wow. can really start even... wherever. Cool. Well, I'll have to give Shantae a shot because it's definitely up my alley in terms of its art style and genre, and it's one I've been meaning to check out for a while. So, cool. it's fun. I'd recommend it. Um, beat it in a weekend. Took me eight hours to one hundred percent it, like eight hours forty, like fifty minutes. It tells you your clear time, your item percentage, right at the very end, which is neato. Oh, nice. I like that. Nice. Love one game. Do you, do you get a ranking too? No, it just does that, but it gives you the bonus, and then you unlock like concept art, which is like it's a neat little concept, and I like seeing it. But you, I'm like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. well, concept art, cool. I'm like, if I could just give me the files, I can put it on my computer, that'd be great. But I can't <laughs> do anything when they're stuck in the TV. <laughs> right. Word. All right. Well, that's what we've been playing, and now we're gonna move on to cruising. For news and news Ah, yeah. Part of the show, we talk about things happening in the industry that we found notable or interesting. Uh, a lot of Xbox stuff this week, and unfortunately, Kenny's not here, who's the main Xbox. The ambassador. Xbox main man. So you're just going to have to deal with me, Tyler, and Anthony, giving our yes. thoughts on the fact that xCloud is going to be included with Game Pass Ultimate. Phil Spencer writes... With cloud gaming and Game Pass Ultimate, you'll be able to play over 100 Xbox Game Pass titles on your phone or tablet. Uh, and because Xbox Live connects across devices, you can play along with nearly 100 million Xbox Live players around the world. So when Halo Infinite launches, you and your friends can play together and immerse yourselves in the Halo universe as Master Chief, anywhere you go and across devices. The Game Pass Ultimate subscription currently gets you access to both Xbox Game Pass for console and PC, as well as subscription, Xbox Live Gold bundled in, Starting in September, xCloud will be included in this deal, which includes the U.S., South Korea, Canada, and many Western European countries. xCloud is still in testing phases for iOS devices, though it works superbly on Android phones and tablets. Wow, that's pretty cool. So, so can, okay, you a- can you access xCloud on, like, an Android TV? Is, there, is that the same as a Roku TV? Well, no, um, Roku TV would probably, I assume, would be different. But so you have an Android TV? You have like it has Google Assistant and whatnot. Yep. Yeah. What brand is it? It's a Philips. Philips. That's CDI. a great question. Uh, he does specifically say phone or tablet, so I do think that you could probably that they probably thought of that. They were like, "Oh, I, I know, probably." <laughs> oh, I get it. You need <laughs> a console. You need a console to play on TV. <laughs> Yeah. Although, you sneaky. You know, never you never know. Maybe that's you know, if they're like people will pay for the fidelity and guaranteed frame rate with the console, but mm-hmm. that would essentially make it a stadia. Yeah, it would. Stadia. But I don't know, I wonder if they're I'm sure there's going to be like some hackers out there that are that are going to be able to like hack an Android TV or like other smart TVs to get like uh XCloud running on it or something. Mhm. Well, I think that this is a, a cool move. Um, I personally think that for me, the whole prospect of streaming and playing on the go since COVID is like, why? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I'm home all the time and I got this big sexy TV now. Do I really want to be playing the newest Halo Infinite on a five inch phone? <laughs> like, I love the novel concept of it, but, and I love the fact that it could be possible. Um, I don't know. Do you guys? In general, I'm just feeling that way about to-go gaming. It's just not something that I'm doing these days. I know Anthony, you're still playing your mobile games. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't, do you guys have any less excitement, more excitement? Does does COVID change anything of that like that for you? 
I mean, I never really had a whole lot of excitement to begin with when it came to like mobile gaming. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was a cool concept. Um, yeah, COVID was really like, or before COVID, everybody was like, go, go, go. And now everyone's like, stay, stay, stay. Slow, slow, slow. <laughs> well, well put. <laughs> um, it was, I mean, it depends on the internet connection for me because I know the internet at my job is where I mean, we play most of my mobile games. I'm a great employee. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not that good. So, I mean, depending on where I'm at, if it's got good signal, that'd be really interesting to see. But it's, you know, most of the time, if you're out, if you're about, like, unless you're connected to somebody's Wi Fi at their house or, you know, at a hotel or whatever. So it'd be cool to just, right. if you're, you know, going somewhere and staying and got some time to kill and you're on a Wi Fi source. Yeah. That'd be and pretty like, neat. I am planning on getting going away. My birthday's next week. I Ooh. am going to get go on some sort of remote mini vacation with Elena and. Maybe I'll finally play my Switch because they're, and maybe I'll get Shantae or something because that thing has been sitting collecting dust. Uh, Do it. Mm-hmm. There just has not been anything coming out. There's Paper Mario, but um, <laughs> and you feel bad you don't get XP. It's dumb. There's no point in battling. It's a part of the Mario RPG. You battle. I don't know, man. The reviews are pretty positive. It's like 81 yeah, people, on Metacritic. People are loving it, apparently. So, I mean, there must be something good about it. <laughs> You buy everything, man. I'm so surprised that you're just like, oh, screw it. <laughs> yep, because I'm, I know I'm going to get, like, it's just, I feel bad. I know I'm going to say this about, you can say this about any any game. I just play it for five minutes and put it on the shelf, which is usually what happens. Because <laughs> they have the attention span of a goldfish. But it just you didn't do. look, I mean, I like the style, but I was like, you know what? I could just go back and play Paper Mario with a Thousand Year Door. Just or easily. Mario or, and Luigi. Those are good yeah, games, too. Exactly. I love those games. Oh, yeah, I love Mario and Luigi. Yeah, it's a bummer the studio closed down. Just yeah, that does suck. Couldn't keep it going. Uh, so next part of this Xbox uh, trio of delights, uh, Xbox Live Gold is no longer available in one-year increments. Why? What? What? We're going to find out on Thursday, I bet, with the Xbox First Party Showcase. Although maybe not. It might just be pure games, games, games. Um, yeah, that's what they say it's going to be. Yeah, they actually... I mean, I don't know. I mean, it seems like they're phasing it out to make room for Game Pass subscription models or something. Do you think that this means that gold will eventually be dissolved? Because I almost think, like, if it if it doesn't mean that, then it's very anti-consumer because you're taking away the best value, as in yeah. sixty dollars of the year. If you're only going to be able to offer twenty-five bucks for three months, which comes out to a hundred dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I have also heard rumblings that Microsoft is just going to do away with paid online memberships. I saw that. I saw that. Would that. Be sweet. It would be sweet. We're going to paid stuff. online. <laughs> I think what I think they're going to do is it's going to be an all-in-one thing. Game Pass Ultimate, fifteen bucks a month. You get Gold, X Cloud, Game Pass. Um, that would be nice. It might be a hard sell for some people that are like, I don't want Game Pass. I play two games and I just want to be able to play online. And $15 a month is a hell of a lot more than $60 a year. So, yeah, yeah, I think they would. Yeah, I feel like they would have to go if they are doing away with an Xbox Gold, like an online membership. I feel like they would have to offer it for free because, I mean, look at all the the Fortnites and the free battle royale games. They would be, they would be basically forcing people to purchase uh, a bundle Game Pass and Live subscription at that point just to play those types of games. True, and I know we talked about it on the show a long time ago, but you actually can, and maybe they changed this. But you used to have to have gold to play Fortnite and other free-to-play games on Xbox, and you did oh, wow. not on PlayStation, um, which is something that no, people don't really talk about. Um, I'm actually going to Google that real quick because I'm curious. That's Stand wild. by for results. I remember it was nice back in the good old days of PlayStation 3 online. I was like, oh, I don't have to. I think that's when I started transitioning more into the PlayStation. Was, I was like, oh, I don't have to keep paying like, I don't know, 60 bucks a year to play xbox 360 with my friends i can just play ps3 for free so coming straight from epic you still that is still the case you do not need ps plus to play fortnite you do need xbox live gold so 
it's gonna be interesting. Like it, it's it's hard to predict where I I still stand by that that's what they're doing. Um, it, it's shitty if they're just taking away the best value so that they can charge people more that don't want to buy into the Game Pass. Um, what do you call it? Ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other final part of Xbox before we can move on to some Nintendo stuff: Xbox Series X and Series S all digital and production. Um, there, Microsoft has confirmed this. Um, so the only thing that they're going to be continuing producing going forward is the Series S, which is the less powerful uh, than the Series X, of course. Uh, but any hypothesis about this? They're just making way for the next gen. Yeah, but a lot of times, like, why would they take away the Series X and not the Series S? I mean, take away, yeah, exactly, because the X is more powerful. I guess they just don't want to flood the market with like five different Xboxes. Probably, but I don't know why they'd keep the like less, you know, the less powerful one over the. Maybe it's because it's easier to just produce and have out there, rather than. Yeah, maybe it's a lot cheaper. Um, maybe their margins are better on it. Um, and there's still so much speculation about what this Series S is going to be, or Code Lockhart, you know, the GameCube-sized Xbox Series X that we've been hearing about for so long that has yet to be confirmed. Um, so I don't really know what to think about it. There's, It's interesting that the moves that Microsoft is making, it's only two days before their, their big event, which we may or may not learn about, you know, the nitty gritty of next gen stuff, but um, we will learn about Halo Infinite. Uh, they're definitely hyping the hell out of that. Um, so more to come next week once we have impressions to give. Um, so Nintendo Mini Direct happened yesterday. I'm going to let Anthony take the wheel on this one. I, I, uh, oh god, I'm just can't, I can't drive the car. Why, well, you know, I can't drive standard. I don't know. I can't. Um, <laughs> I uh, didn't watch it. <laughs> Big oh. surprise. Sorry. I, uh, I I watched two two excerpts from it. I uh, watched the Shin Megami Tensei Five trailer mm-hmm. and the little part after that where they announced the HD uh, remaster of Shin Megami Tensei Three Nocturne for HD, which I was super stoked on. Okay, so you were you gave us a great rundown of what the Shin Megami Tensei series is yesterday in the Discord, and yes. I put in the outline that I wanted you to explain this to the viewers and listeners that may be sure. Persona fans or that keep sure. hearing this very Japanese-sounding game and don't know what the hell it is. Yeah, right. I was even thrown off at first, and you know, so uh, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start the story off with a little uh, little story role play. So you know, <laughs> picture picture this. You know, you're you're a little boy, not a little. Well, you're like yeah, sixth grade, fifth grade, you're a little boy. You know, in, in GameStop. You're just like, ooh, oh, GameStop is great. You know, you got your PS2 and you're, you got your like, I don't know, 30 bucks. And you're like 35 bucks. You're like, oh man, my wallet's so heavy. I got in my pockets. I got to spend this money on video games. It's all money. And uh, you're looking at the used games because that's, you know, that's where you always go. And you're, you're looking around, you see in the rack this, you know, this PlayStation 2 game. And it's, it's got like kind of a, like a funky looking color. It's all red. You're like, oh, what's that? And you pull it out. And it's just this dude's, half of this dude's like cool looking face. And it's just like an anime boy eye. And it's all red, and there's like some blood splatter, and there's like trails coming down his face, like a cool tattoo. And then you look over the side, and it says Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne. And there's like some blood splatters, and then there's I'm a little circle. At it right now, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> there's a little I'm circle dark. that says featuring Dante from Devil May Cry series. And then there's a little like hexagon looking thing, and then you're like, ooh, that's spooky. It's kind of like Satan. That's bad. I want to play this game because then you flip it over, and you're like, oh, this looks like Final Fantasy. It's got turn based and everything. And there's cool little monsters in the back. And that was my first okay, so exposure you, to the series. And was that two, three, one? Three. Um, right. One and two, I want to say, are older. Um, I know they remade them a couple times in Japan, but they were like, I, I can't even say what system, to be honest. I think, like, I don't know, one of them might have been Super Nintendo. I think the remake was on Super Nintendo, but it was like old. Super old. Famicom, Shin Mikami Tensei, 1992. Yeah. So wow. it's it's an old series. It started actually predated. It helped uh, Pokemon or helped you know the monster catching franchise or helped influence it in a way because the way that the Shin Megami Tensei series of games plays out is that you're typically like a devil summoner. So you go around and you converse with the demons you fight or the random encounters of the demons, and you can recruit them to your side by going through certain conversations. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, much akin to Persona when you're like the shakedowns or whatever. Um, 
But the difference is that the SMT or Shin Megami Tensei games, which are now there's a whole bunch of spinoffs and like other games that don't share the same like numbered uh, in the series, like one through whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, those are the main line. Shin Megami Tensei. Uh, the latest one that came out was Four Apocalypse for the 3DS, and before that was uh, Shin Megami Tensei Four for the 3DS, which are really good. Um, and Persona is like a spinoff or an offshoot of that, along with a very Pokemon-like uh, series called Demi Kids. There's Light and Dark version, which came out on the Game Boy Advance, which I had, and I was like, oh, this is pretty neato. And there is, I think, a couple other ones like that. There's like Jack Bros for the Virtual Boy was an offshoot of it, which is, uh, I don't know, I never played on the Virtual Boy. I just remember seeing all red. It's, I don't know if it's a platformer or it's like a, kind of like one of those like Mystery Dungeon, like RPG games, kind of like Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, but with mm-hmm. uh, Jack Frost from the ma- the mascot, the basically the Atlas mascot in uh, Shin Megami Tensei. But in those games, the Shin Megami Tensei games, at least, the mainline series, you go around, uh, like I said, you're a devil summoner, so you have, uh, you wind up in these either weird situations where it's like pretty much hell on earth, or it's like the apocalypse. Like in Three's case, Nocturne, the first exposure, my first exposure to the series, is that you start the game out as a normal dude, you're getting off the subway, you're a kid in high school going to meet your friends at the park, and they're like, oh, our teacher told us to meet for some project we're doing, we gotta go to this old hospital. So you go to this old hospital, and you're looking around. It's, it's like really, really the atmosphere in that game. I have to say is amazing because mm-hmm. right off the bat, it's like really creepy. The music's awesome. The music in that game sets the atmosphere. Excellent. Uh, battle music is crazy. Uh, just in oh, general. So this, re- so this remaster is coming out now for Switch. Yeah, in 2021, I guess is what the direct said. So that'll so we're be getting the remaster of three, which is mm-hmm. kind of like the the only other console. Or like modern console game, I would say, because you said four as a 3DS game, right? Yep. Okay, so then and five, so that makes sense why they're skipping four because it's on the 3DS. Yeah, they and that came out and like it was weird, kind of two parter, not two parter, but I guess like the Shimmy of Tensei four and then four Apocalypse was like one that followed up, kind of like a not sequel, not sequel, sequel. Gotcha. Well, cool. Thanks for the history lesson. It was. I also was when i was looking to the left i wasn't not listening i was just looking at what oh, that's okay on the original game <laughs> yeah it's like uh, because basically the biggest difference in those is that in one you pretty much have like a party of demons aside from persona where it's like persona is like you your social guys and you each control like a demon but you get like one whereas you pretty much go around and recruit the demons in shimigami tensei and those are they do those fill out your party so the demons you recruit are your party and you can fuse them and everything and make new ones more powerful ones Sweet. Sounds it's a little good. like Dragon Quest, Dragon Warrior, Pokemon, yeah. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, very neat. So some other stuff that they went over in the very mini direct, just shortly over eight minutes. Uh, the DLC coming for Cadence of Hyrule, which actually, despite my not enjoying the game, looked really deep. There's a few new playable mm-hmm. characters, 39 new songs, a whole new campaign with Skull Kid. Tyler, you are a fan of Cadence of Hyrule. Is this something that you think you're going to get? Uh, probably not. Even though the it, it the DLC did look really cool, um, looked like a lot of like interesting new characters were being introduced. Um, I don't know how much it would really change the game for me if I were to play through it again. I mean, I think the appeal for those Cadence of Hyrule games is to see like how fast you can go through like a single run. Uh, some to, for for certain people. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really get that kind of like interest level when it came to it. I just kind of played through it at my own leisure. Um, but I could see how it could be uh, really fun and exciting for for people that are really into those games. Uh, for those that don't know, Cadence of Hyrule was the uh, rhythm-based top-down Zelda game uh, developed by <clears throat> an outside studio, um, a, a Western studio, I'm pretty sure, uh, that also that made. Necrodancer, uh, what was yep. it called? Necrodancer? Uh, Cadence of the Necrodancer or something? Oh, Crypt of the Necrodancer. Crypt of the Necrodancer. Yeah. Um, so this is coming out for $14.99, which is a better price than I thought. Uh, the season pass, three different uh, packs. So if you're interested in that, check it out. Um, other thing that they showed was some WWE. 2K Battlegrounds, which is trying to be like a throwback wrestling game where it's super arcadey because everybody thinks WE 2K games are trash. Um, it looked kind of fun. They had like some streamers, influencers 
you know, reacting to these really over the top moves, going like, "Oh snap!" <laughs> um, so we'll see how that goes out. I know that the other two K Battleground games have gotten some mixed reactions, and other than that, uh, they showed some really generic looking game with the word rogue in it which i already forgot about um and that's about it i mean people have been wanting to hear from nintendo for a while now i know they've been severely affected with the uh, whole quarantine and covid situation so they probably aren't having the sort of e3 showing that they would have and maybe they don't have the resources that sony and microsoft does to still put together the type of showing that people really desired because we really don't know what the next big Switch game is going to be at this point. You know, we they had so many rumors about Mario Mario doing his 35th anniversary thing and a bunch of remasters coming out. Still no word on that. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know what their big fall game is going to be. Uh, so, do we know when like the the 35th anniversary actually is? When? Um, I want to say that it's this year. So. I think it's probably still to come because I mean the first Mario came out in '85, and so that's 35 years. So I think it gives them a big window. I don't think they're going to do it on the exact date. That would be kind of cool though. Yes. Uh, moving on, our next story uh, comes from Jason Schreier, Bloomberg, formerly of Kotaku. Uh, it's a really in-depth story, so I didn't put the whole thing. And sorry to end the show on a little bit of a bummer. Uh, but there's a lot more details coming out about the uh, toxic work environment at various Ubisoft studios, uh, apparently coming from the top um, in a lot of cases. And it was a little bit, I learned about the history of the company. It's It's been around since the mid eighties. It's always, it's been a, it's a family business. Uh, the Guillermo family, uh, the five brothers all have different roles. Uh, Eves, E. I forget how you say his first name. It's I-B-E-S. Guillermo is the um, CEO and has been, I believe, since 1988. Um, just it details. I highly recommend people check it out. Um, these guys, I just set them the story today, so they didn't get a chance to read it yet. It just was came out this morning. Uh, it goes into a lot of detail. Um, so the part that I put in to the outline, because it was relevant to me was that they've been essentially shoehorning in male protagonists into the last few Assassin's Creed games, just because the marketing director would have it no other way, despite the most of the dev team wanting them to have female leads. Uh, this goes all the way back to Assassin's Creed Syndicate, where Evie was supposed to play more of an important role. She kind of got short-sighted by Jacob, who was a less cool assassin character. Uh, in Assassin's Creed Origins, Bayek was apparently originally supposed to be killed off and you were supposed to play as his wife, Aya. Now, personally, I love Bayek. I think he's one of my really favorite protagonists ever, just from, I think his voice actor is great. And I think that he's very relatable in his relationship with his son and his quest for vengeance is very righteous. Um, But then they wanted Cassandra to be the only playable character in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And they kind of were like, nope, that's not going to sell. They then added Alexios, who pretty much, even though they did some research, two-thirds of players picked Alexios. Uh, but you can just listen to the voice actors, and it's it's no comparison. Cassandra is a more enjoyable character who feels better suited for the tale. So anyway... I know you guys didn't get a chance to read to the story read story yet, so there's not a whole lot you can add, but I did want to recommend people check it out. You can find it just by Googling Jason Schreier Ubisoft story. Uh, maybe next week we'll touch upon it because it is a great piece of reporting that I think maybe it's his first major sort of scoop from his work at Bloomberg. Now that he's not at Kotaku, it seems like he's still got the same amount of connects and uh, resources that he had before. So. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend people look into it. So anything we want to talk about now, guys, we're through the outline. Did you know that Jay and Silent Bob are coming out with a game? Oh, yeah. Jay and Silent Bob Mall Brawl. Sick. Yeah, it's unlimited run games. You can pre-order right now for $29.99. Wow. With Samurai Showdown. Or Samurai Showdown's also there for 
Oof. For if you want it on Switch or PS4, it's Samurai Showdown Neo Geo Collection Classic Edition is sixty nine ninety nine. Jesus. So this looks like an eight bit game, the Jane Silent Bob Mall Brawl. Um it's like or even looks like a Game Boy game, man. I'm looking at some screenshots. That's wild. Yeah, it's probably like more the the going with Dude, the retro. It's literally an NES game. You can play it in an NES cart. In it. Huh. So I'm pretty sure That's you're talking sweet. talking about limited run games, like it's actually mm-hmm. playable on our original <laughs> NES. Oh, yeah. No, it's on uh, Switch or PS4. Okay. Well, maybe they're huh. maybe they're being the cartridge. Okay, it's fifty. It's fifty-five bucks if you want the NES version. Well, and it's it's sold out. I'm looking at limited run games right now. Oh, you can't. You can't. Uh, oh, the cartridge is sold out. Mm-hmm. You can get it in green, yellow, or gray. <laughs> you can get it in Bob Green, J Yellow, or NES Gray. Ooh, nice. Limited run games, man. This is uh. It's a good site. I'd recommend uh, if you like it's you know check it frequently because they update with certain games. That's why that's one of the the Shantae and the Pirates curse. That's why that's going for so much money. That was mm-hmm. a limited run. Let's see, they got uh, Return of the Oberdin coming to PS4 mm-hmm. and Switch. I think. Dude, I've been wanting to play that game forever. You should pick it up. It's the cheapest it'll ever be, probably. At least the physical. Whole, literally everything on the site is sold out. Yeah, you go to like incoming because they do it by. Okay. That's just like their gallery of the old stuff. You can't buy any old stuff. It sucks ass. But mm-hmm. new stuff, if you stay on top of it, you it's can. Right in the name, limited run. I mean, I shouldn't complain. Um. So upcoming, where are you where are you seeing that, Anthony? Up- it's on the the drop down where it says what's new. Or like pre order. What's new? Okay. Let's see. Yeah. Oh, in stock. Yeah, because yep. in stock, and then. Because coming okay. soon, coming soon. Papers, please. I've heard nothing but good things about that for PS4. Oh, it's actually a Vita. A Vita. Okay. Ooh. Very cool. You can buy Star Wars Episode One Racer in an old Nintendo 64 box for the Switch. Dope. 60 bucks. Yeah, I don't know if I'd pay that. No thanks. I'll think about that return to the Oprah Din. That's very cool. They got a $75 collector's edition. Wow. That's wild. Hey, they got some cool stuff. Alrighty. Well, very neat. If you're into physical games, check out that uh, limitedrungames.com. Thank you for listening to the Level With You show. We'll be back next week with some other things to talk about. More Gosu Tsushima. More Gosu Tsushima. Sabarai. Hi. Hi. Hana. All right. Hi. Stay low. Hi. Saki. <laughs> Saki, hi. <laughs>